to the Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on the show today, talking NASCAR and Electric Sports Talk. Ty Crystal with you, joining me as always. Chris, how you doing? Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Okay, cool. That's a good sign for today's show. And Amos, you're with us as well. How you doing? I am great. How are you, Ty? Good, yes. Doing good. All right, so (laughs) we got the championship four to talk about. Going to preview that race in Phoenix. Uh, We're also going to talk about what happened in Martinsville because... There was lots to pick through. Uh, actually, a much, I'd say, much more surprise, uh, many more surprises than I was expecting uh, pertaining to some of the drivers. It was pretty interesting the whole way through. Uh, carried lots of drama, and obviously, there's lots of drama at the end. So we'll get into that. Um, but before we get there, does anyone else want to bring anything up that we saw throughout the week or anything like that? I don't know if I ought to bring it up, but I forwarded that article to you about. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, so. That's not not really worth talking about. So, uh, Amos, anything for you? Yeah, there's a lot we could pick and choose from, but I think we probably should stay focused on what a good race Martinsville was for the most part and heading into the championship weekend. We'll let the, uh, you know, big dogs sort out the rest of the BS yeah. that's going on right now. Yeah, the professionals, right? Um, no, also later on we'll talk about NASCAR announcing some times and networks for some key races later on. Um, an increase in the number of what I call like big channel uh, races. So there'll be more races on NBC and Fox this upcoming season. So that's cool. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little later on in the show, probably as we wind up or uh, wrap up the show towards the end. All right, let's talk about Martinsville though. Chris, uh, the big news, Alex Bowman wins. We'll lead off with that to, to start with. Uh, interesting how he got it done, I guess. Um, so let's just get it out of the way right away. The whole situation with Bowman and Hamlin, uh, what did you see? What did you think of the situation? Hamlin's a crybaby and always has been <laughs> and always will be. Right. So definitely not a Hamlin fan, but I feel like I don't think any of us can say we're much Hamlin fans. I don't think a lot of NASCAR fans are, considering all the boos that he received in his home state, too, by the way, which uh, Amos mentioned, and I thought that was hilarious. Um, as far as the racing goes on the track, did, what did you make of Bowman's move on Hamlin? I watched all the replays, you know, rewatched it multiple times. I didn't see a problem with what he did. I mean, you, you go into the corner hot, you get a little drift in your car, you know, mm-hmm. but I never saw him turn the wheel to the right to take Hamlin out. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think he did. He definitely ran up the track a little because I think his car was loose. Um, the only thing you could not do in that, or you could do it in that situation is maybe break sooner or whatever but he was also racing for a win at that point um and i don't think i've said this many times to you guys already but i don't think if the roles were reversed anything would have been different so um well i can't even begin i mean i can't even remember the number of times that hamlin has taken somebody out on the last lap to win a race yeah i mean mean, or in late race situations yeah so so i mean (laughs) you know, kind of one of them what goes around comes around type situations, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because Bowman's not technically in the chase. He's not racing for a championship. But we have talked about that we still want to see these guys that aren't in the championship 
or in the playoffs currently still racing hard and not really you know giving anything up to these guys because they're still part of this 40-man lineup every day and or every weekend and they still got a lot to prove so you know bowman just won his fourth race fourth or fifth race of the year Mm -hmm. right um number four yeah so that's that's something that's a big deal to him and and to hendrick i mean martinsville is a big race to win and uh i don't think i would expect anything less from from him to drive as hard as he did uh amos let's bring you in what did you think of the whole situation uh we'll talk about what happened after the race here in a minute but as far as the race itself and kind of what transpired then what did you think well i think the race was pretty good overall i mean it was mostly dominated by chase elliott at the first of the race so there was a little bit of a snooze fest in there i guess you could say Not for you <laughs> well no i was pretty happy about it yeah it was good um he made some they made some bad calls on pit road with adjustments i think kind of hurt him towards the end from what i hear but uh you know, I think the race was pretty good. I don't think – I think there was a lot more give and take through probably, what, 485 – well, probably 470 laps than what I thought there was going to be. I, yeah, I thought the last that, 30 laps got really intense. Yeah, that's for and sure. I think – I don't know. I think guys had to spend a lot – like playoff guys, they had to spend a lot of time the whole race working on their car just to get to the position of being able to mix it up in the last 30. and. Then I think once the playoff guys got close and they started counting down points and how it was going to end up, it, it started getting very intense. So Yeah, once I mean, everyone kind of realized that it was going to be way close and Elliott had already advanced by that point, Larson was already in, whoever was going to win the race was going to get in, and that's not ended up what happening. Uh, that's not what ended up happening, but you still the finishing order was a big – I mean, we saw it. It was a big deal at the end of the day, so sure. it heated up pretty quickly yes, there when did. you started to do the oh, math yeah. and everyone on the intercoms was like hey you got to finish here you got to beat this guy it was, it was pretty intense so yeah i agree so but i mean overall i think it was a good race so all right so pertaining to the bowman hamlin situation your take it's short track racing what i mean honestly yeah. what do you so number one you're racing for a win period mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a prestigious track a track that hendrick motorsports Oops. wants to do well in every year because of the history with with their organization it's a short track it's the last race to get into the final four yeah bowman's not racing for a transfer spot but he was a chase racer he still has to perform for his team for his sponsors for himself Mm -hmm. they had a good car all day long they it's not like they just showed up out of nowhere in the last 15 laps. No, I mean, and then, they were consistently yeah. a top 10 car pretty much the whole day. And exactly. then they put themselves in a really good position at exactly. the end. So. so you can't discredit anything that the 48 team did throughout the entire day. And, you know, Hamlin, he was the fifth. Hamlin really shouldn't even have been in the position he was in. He was at best a fifth-place car, but he had pit strategy that put him out front. And it kind of seemed like when you were out front, you were – in clean air as almost every track you're gonna it's gonna be hard to pass you as the leader so alex bowman had a better car he had a faster car yeah and they did race clean and hamlin was giving him room but you know in the long run hamlin could have just pulled over and let i know he's not gonna it's racing for a win but he could have just pulled over and let him by and then tried to attack and come back on his own exactly you know bowman had a better car at the end of the day overall one of the best cars of the day won the race Mm -hmm. so yeah um i think that what hamlin did 
I'm more upset with what happened after the race than what happened during the race because there's nobody out there. Everybody's going to spin their grandma to win a race. So Almost. You know, you, you yeah. race how you want to be raced, and Hamlin's raced people in the same manner he get, had been raced in. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we just he, watched a clip from 2017. Um, 2017, when Chase Elliott was still in the 24, he was leading the race. And Hamlin, I mean, it was not even comparable to what Bowman did to Hamlin. Hamlin just straight up turned Elliott going into one of the turns and then proceeded to turn him until he knew he was going to spin. And then took the lead. Yeah. And I don't know if he went on to win the race or win that race or not. But the point being, he he's in just very recent past done the same thing to someone else. So in a much worse fashion, I would say too. But yeah, I let's agree. let's talk about what happened after the race. Um, I'd say that that was a pretty bad display by a guy that is held as you know one of the top drivers in NASCAR. He's a team owner of one of the teams. He's got this partnership and this deal going on with 23XI and Michael Jordan and Bo Wallace, and I thought it was a pretty bad look for him overall. Um, he's got to think big picture, and I think that was a very dumb thing that he did, very dangerous thing that he did, uh, mostly unnecessary when it all comes down to it. You know, we, It's kind of the same situation with Kyle Busch in New Hampshire when he just ran through the pits you know, like he did. It was just unnecessary. It was stupid, and you just don't need to do that. So I haven't seen anything come out with Denny Hamlin being punished for anything like that. You know he won't be. Um, but, you know, he made contact multiple times with Bowman's car after the race. He cursed multiple t- multiple times on national television in his post-race interview. And, I mean, the boost said it all to me. You know, what Hamlin did after that, the crowd spoke for, I think, about all of us. Um, but yeah, I, I just put my thoughts out there on that. I think it was a pretty poor action he took and like, there's just no other way to say it. I think it was very poor showing from him from a guy that's supposed to be super professional and one of the upstanding guys in, in the garage supposedly. So, uh, Chris, what did you think of the post race actions by Hamlin? I mean, (laughs) I'm not sure I've seen anything like that happen after a race. Honestly, I've seen stuff like that before, but why? Yeah. I mean, he was advancing on to the final four. Mm-hmm. He's been one of the top point getters all year. Well, and he's been in the top four of the playoffs the entire way. Yeah. You know? um, I, I did. I, why? I guess that's the question I ask: is why do it? Well, what if they punish because, him for stuff? You know, give well, him they're a not, starting they're not, grid penalty at this or point something? in time. They're not going to punish him well, for anything. They probably should, but. I mean, if it was me, I'd probably put him at the rear of the start, you know, at Phoenix. Yeah. But well, if with nothing given, more, he should at least be fine monetarily. Well, wasn't and he Bush, should be fine, Bush was fine for, for what his he cursing. did, right? Was Bush fine for yeah. his actions oh, in yeah. New Hampshire? Yeah, well, yeah. Denny Hamlin should be fine for his actions, too. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Um, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday after the race, and nothing has come out yet, so we'll, we'll see if something does, but... Well, there's no, I just think no, the actions were No penalties poor. on J-Ski so far. So far. So, it is only Tuesday, though. So. Yes, it is only Tuesday. But I, I guess the thing that irritates me, and you said you didn't want to talk about it, mm. but I'm just going to draw this comparison. They don't do anything to Hamlin, but they're going to put Kyle Busch through sensitivity training because of what he said about Keselowski's move on the last turn. Right, and we talked about that, too. I mean, and it just, the actions don't seem parallel to, to me. To me, it's whatever. just... Ridiculous. Yeah, you know, you, you're well, gonna you're gonna punish one guy for something he said, 
but you're not going to punish another guy for something he did. I mean, and Hamlin said. actively. Hamlin yeah. was cr- literally crying on national TV, well, cursed multiple, multiple times. times. He he come flying down the front stretch, slams on his brakes and slides in front of Bowman, and then wants to push him backwards after Bowman is trying to avert car damage. Well, I mean. Like- Here's my thing. What if one of the reporters was going out there to interview Bowman and was injured? What if Bowman was proceeding to get out of his car, was unbuckling himself, got hit by Hamlin, and was injured? Like, what he did was just very reckless and stupid, but it doesn't seem like so far he's going to be punished for that. And I think it's a bad look on NASCAR if they don't do anything. And we talked about the language that's been used in the past with drivers. I don't think any of us at this table will be the first ones to say the language that's used is offensive, but you're on national television. It's also on NBC in some ways to take care of that as well. Um, but it's just, you got to act professional in that situation. You're on national television. You know, there are certain stigmas around NASCAR as it is already by the general public. And that action, that doesn't help. Was it dramatic? Was it kind of funny and intriguing? Yeah, but when you sit back and look on the big picture, that's a bad look on the sport. What do you that's, figure? That's what, dangerous. What do you figure would have happened if Kyle Busch had pulled the same stunt? I think that he would be in trouble more. Yeah, yeah. because he's already got he's already done stupid stuff this season. So yeah, I think he would be in trouble more than what's Hamlin. And I think that the coverage kind of made light of it more than actually taking it serious. But maybe I'm just being a little harsh on Hamlin because I don't like Hamlin very no, much. No, you're not but, being harsh enough in my mind. Well, you're not, but and neither's what. 70,000 fans that were at Martinsville. I oh, don't they think let him hear it. Yeah, I don't think they're... I think over and above everything, that's what hurt his feelings more than not winning the race is hearing all them boos. I mean, it was so loud well, that he couldn't even yeah. hear the pit road reporter. But what does he expect? Like, if you act like that and you treat people like that, well, you I think, think that everyone's just going to be like, oh, yeah. Well, this is my opinion, and this is what I've had of Hamlin for a long time. I think he thinks he's bigger shit than what he really is. Yeah. And I think, I think this season has been proven that, that he's just because he's an elder statesman in NASCAR, these young kids aren't going to cut him any slack, mm. nor is anybody else. I mean, the way he was crying after the race was reminiscent of Harvick crying after him and Elliot got into it at Bristol. Right. So like, this Harvick is, <laughs> was literally boohooing about that, too. This like, is, uh, so because you're because you've been in NASCAR 20 plus years and you are on an equal or maybe subpar team is what I'm on. I got to just roll over and let you have it. Yeah. No. Well, that, and that's something that I think is pretty interesting to actually talk about. You know, it's the same type of, it's not the same situation with Harvick It was much different, uh, but it is the same type of situation as far as like, this is a guy that expects someone that's not been in the sport as long or f- perceives him to be a lesser, lesser driver than him thinking that he should give him the leeway. He should give Bowman's him got the four road, wins right? And, Har- and Hamlin's got two. Right, and they both come <laughs> in the playoffs. Like, he didn't do anything in the regular season except finish second or third. So I just feel like the sport's in a... We've talked about this, too. The sport's at a point where the young guys are starting to take over, and I think that you're getting to that point with some of the older guys that they're not liking that. And, you know, the reality is their careers are coming to an end, so you kind of see how Hamlin reacted after he was initially pissed and was uh, all angry, then he was like crying. So I, I just think it was a bad look for him you know, more than 
what Bowman did. Like, that was just a bad luck. What's funny about that is, is I didn't realize he was crying because when he started doing his little routine on pit road, I pretty much just turned it off. Yeah. Well, he wasn't actually crying, but well, he sounded he like, like, it. like he, he looked like he was going to literally, cry. he was so upset. And then they started booing the fans. And then it was like, he literally looked to me like he was going to start crying. So, yeah. But you know what? <clears throat> Hamlin transferred at the end of the day. Bowman was gone way long ago. Be a bigger man. Move on. Bowman didn't do it intentionally. I'm sure there won't. There should be some type of fine for the language he used, if nothing else, in the post race interview. And you know, I they could very well deem his actions detrimental det- to NASCAR. Yeah, especially you know, and unsafe. Yeah, like they're good. And I, you know, I get that Kyle Busch was in a little bit more high traffic area. With his incident, oh, he but it's, was. <laughs> in my opinion, no less safe. What? Well, it's it's not the what it's Hamlin not, did. It's not necessarily the environment that the action was done. It's the action is the same type of principle, right? You're right. doing something unnecessary and dangerous that could endanger and hurt people. Exactly. Bush did have like four guys dodge him as he stormed off into his pit or into his trailer in New Hampshire. Um, Hamlin only had Bowman in, on the track. But you also got to think about everyone had already filtered onto pit road. Hamlin intentionally missed pit road to go around and do what he did. Yep. That that alone should be a violation of a rule, which I'm sure it is. Um, and I'm sure, like, I don't think that it'll go unpunished. I'm sure something will be done. A fine is what I likely see. So, yeah, all right. Um, are we done talking about this? Because we have talked about it for a little bit. <clears throat> I think it's important, um, and I think it's, you know, something worth mentioning, especially because Hamlin's going to be there in the championship for competing for a championship next week. Well, and Bowman's going to be on the race, too. Yeah. Racetrack. And Bowman does, he's pretty sporty in yeah. Phoenix. So if Hamlin well, thinks he's he, going to be running you know, up front all day, Bowman, Bowman <laughs> might right be right there with him. So. Bowman won his one race for a seven-race stretch, so sure. he's probably going to yeah, suck next week or get wrecked or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe one of the funnier things to come out of this whole situation is, you know, Hamlin called him a hack in the post-race interview, and Bowman is now selling T-shirts on his website, Alex Bowman Racing, uh, that say hack. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. It's like yeah, I might Chase have Elliott. to pick up one of them while we're That's down pretty in Phoenix. Good, huh? um, and yeah. then Chase Elliott, you know, his shirt, half a merry off-season or whatever to Kevin uh-huh. Harvick. Like, Hendrick's taking full advantage of these little – tits and and tats and all this and then they're putting it on shirts and making money so jgr should get on the train too you know yes yeah. well what are they gonna do put hamlin on there boo and with a clown face <laughs> i'd put hamlin on a shirt with a clown face you know the clown yeah, nose no and kidding. stuff um no that's that's mean all right so uh let's talk about some other results that happened from this race so larson was in no matter what right uh elliot advanced at the end of stage two because of points accumulated he just automatically couldn't miss even if he wrecked at that point so uh amos let's start with you obviously chase Elliott is your man he's back in the championship four do you think that it was do you think it was a foregone conclusion with the race lineup in the last few races that he would make it to that championship four or you know chris was the only one that picked him not to make it to the championship four of us three um so we all felt confident i think even chris did feel confident but you know he wasn't that sure so do you think it was a foregone conclusion when we knew what races were left, or did he still have to fight pretty hard? Well, I think that they come in with a good strategy, lead laps, be out front, 
Led 289 of the 501 laps. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, won both stages. So I think they knew what they had to do in order to at least advance on points. I mean, sure, the tracks in the last three probably helped him out quite a bit. I think the tracks in the last group, in the last knockout stage, was was pretty decent for him also. I I think they just, honestly, though, with Elliott, I think they did just enough to get moved on. I don't know if they done enough to be like okay he's the favorite to win the championship he is the defending champion yep he should be in the mix but it's like he said you know they made some calls and some adjustments on the car that in the last stage that hurt him so that's great you can lead 289 laps and win both stages but nobody really cares if you're finish out the tops outside the top 10 to begin with so they got a little bit of work to do i think and it's like he said in his post-race interview, they've been there, done that, so they kind of understand like what's coming at them as far as all the obligations of being in Phoenix this weekend so they can kind of have a, a better idea of what they need to do to prepare the car and to get ready for the race on Sunday. So I think you bring up good points. Um, and you mentioned you know expectations are to win, and at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't matter what you do if you don't win. But... The target this race was just to move on, not necessarily uh, to yeah. win this race. Well, I so. mean, yeah, everybody, they're not racing just to move on. They're racing to win. Obviously, we see that right. with Hamlin and Bowman and even Kyle Busch to an extent and, and how he ended up finishing the race. So, I and, and Kozlowski, for that matter. I mean, them guys were all right there. You, the top four had a chance to win. So, yeah, I mean, I think they probably, obviously, we don't know the inner workings, but they're, they had, I'm sure they had talks. Like, look. This is what we need to do. This is how many points we need to garner. This is how we do. Th- this is how we get in on points. And mm-hmm. then if we win the race, it's a bonus. Yep. And then we're in no matter what. So I kind of feel like that's what they did. And once they knew that they were in no matter what, they took a swing at the car to try and make it a that what they thought was a better race car. See, but that's the problem. They just, was, didn't, they just didn't keep up with it. It was already good. And then they made the adjustments, and it seems like it got worse after the adjustments. Like if they well, would've... the track changes a little bit too because it's getting cooler. There's more rubber buildup. Yeah, I just don't. You know, the big pit strategy. Swing, well, pit strategy really is what is what hurt them. I mean, mm-hmm. they they come in and took tires when Hamlin, uh, Truex Jr. and Bush and Kozlowski, a couple other guys stayed out. Right. So that put them in the back a little bit. Few cautions. Close cautions didn't help out, and then obviously Kozlowski. I mean, this is another thing nobody's talking about. Kozlowski spun Elliott. They were running inside the top ten, and yeah, I don't know what Kozlowski spun him out. So well, but he was already advanced then, so there was no drama. Yeah, so it's all about the drama, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they they understand they have a little bit of work to do. Say that to be a. It's all about the drama. No, the way you said it. Uh, it's all about the drama. I don't know. It's all about the drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Elliot's, like you said, he's the defending champion. He already knows what's up going into this race. You never know. I mean, that might not, ser- not, might not necessarily make you the favorite, uh, but it's definitely going to give him an advantage over someone like Kyle Larson that's never been in this position. And potentially, well, no, I mean, Everyone else has been in this position. Denny Hamlet's yeah. choked enough times that he's been here, and Truex has already won one and been close on two or three others, So, like he said. Uh, all right, so we talked about 
Hamlin, you know, he got in even though he had his problems or someone gave him problems, however you want to look at it. Uh, whichever side of the fence you line up on. Led the second most laps, uh, finished 24th, but moved on just fine. I think he was like eight or nine points still above the cut line. He literally just had to stay on the track and he was going to move on. So I know he wanted to win the race. I'm sure everyone wants to win the race. And when you lose in that manner, it's it's frustrating. But the big picture for him is he's got a chance to win the championship next week in Phoenix. And uh, one race, maybe losing in Martinsville, getting spun out or whatever, it really doesn't compare for a chance to win the championship. Um, and I think he would tell you that too. Like, I don't think that he would be like, oh, well, only if we won in Martinsville, then this season. No, like, it's all about the championship. So uh, we already know what's going on with him. The last guy that made it in after the drama uh, on track kind of all settled out, and then everyone was like, oh, well, who made it into the Final Four? Martin Truex Jr., Chris, makes it into the Final Four. I feel vindicated here with holding my uh, conviction on Martin Truex Jr. being able to make it to the championship race. I think he's a strong contender next week. Uh, in Phoenix, what did you think of his ability to just kind of outlast everyone else, you know, Kyle Busch and Keselowski, to uh, make it into the Final Four? Well, I think that they had the kind of race they needed in the sense that, you know, they they had some issues. He tapped the wall a couple of times, mm. but he persevered, and he hung in there, and he just he kept racing. Yeah. You know, and that's what you've got to do. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're running a 500 lap race, you just got to keep racing. And so they took everything that was thrown at them, some of their own making, some of what happened to them by other people. Yep. But the, but the point is, they just kept at it and they kept digging and they kept making adjustments to the car. And at the end of the day, a fourth place finish, that's a good finish at Martinsville. Yeah. I mean, you know? especially considering like, before one of the last restarts, it wasn't the last restart, but he uh, he got in that bad position. He made contact with Bush. He hit the wall. They lost a bunch of spots. And just like that, he was like four or five points below the cut line, right? And then they yeah. pitted, and he actually came out in a nice spot. Um, he chose correctly to take that inside line on the last, or the outside line on the last restart too, which gave him a huge boost. But he could have easily have completely panicked in that situation where he hit the wall and just completely lost his shot here. Um, I am very surprised that with the season that they'd been having after like the first eight races, I was surprised he didn't panic and, and lose it there at the end. Cause it wasn't looking good there for a minute, but I think he's a real contender. Do you think he's a real contender next week? Or am you know, I the only one here? No, I, I think given his, I, I think given their performance at mm. Martinsville, and and the comments he made in the previous two races before Martinsville, um, I think the team kind of did a you know self examination. Said, okay, what do we got to do to be better? Yeah. And and you know they were an improved team coming into Martinsville. Yeah. It, you know as far as their ability to keep it together and and race the race. You know. I do think it was one of their better performances, or one of his better performances at least through the most of the chase honestly like i know he had his problems but to persevere and finish where he did i i think it was a good a good race for him finished with the second most points on track even though he got fourth so pretty right. big for him uh let's talk about the guys that missed the cut now we'll give the little eulogy speech for him here <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let's start off with the bottom and work our way up so joey logano 
he finished 10th, led nine laps, but really just never could figure out what was going on with his car to get it in a better position. Um, I won't say it was a Penske theme all day because Kozlowski seemed to be pretty decent and actually put himself in a good position in the race for most parts of it. But Logano, man, he, he entered in a must-win situation. He didn't look good at almost any point of the race except for the nine laps he was out in front only because of pit strategy, and then he instantly lost the lead 10 laps later. So it was a, it was a poor last three races of the year for Logano, I think, that it just put him in a spot that he had to win in Martinsville and it wasn't going to happen based on the season they had. He was, he was a consistent top 10 car. Um, I wouldn't say he was a consistent top eight car and in all reality, he probably could have gone out last round. Um, but he had success enough to make it into this round. So, you know, I'm a Logano fan. I'm going to jump to his defense every chance, but it just seemed like they were spinning their wheels at this point and, and going out in this round was probably about as good as they were going to do unless they could have pulled out a victory. So, you know, I think it was a fairly good season for Logano. He kind of won one of the weirder races of the year with the dirt race in, in Bristol. But all in all, I mean, it was just a weird season that he didn't really find the success that I, I think a lot of us thought he would have because you know, I think Amos was big on him entering the season and he didn't really have as much success as as some of us thought. So he goes out early, um, earlier than Amos thought for sure. Uh, anyone else want to say anything about Logano? Just a little disappointed how they did finish this three races, yeah. this three race stretch. And they'd had some pretty rough luck in the previous three races. I mean, yeah, I was high on Joey Logano and Penske as an organization right from the beginning of the year. So to have all three cars go out in this cut kind of, Yep. Hurts my gear end <laughs> prize potential, but uh, I'm a little true. surprised that Logano didn't. He had an okay race, but man, he's just been like a seventh to twelfth place car yeah. pretty much most of the year, most of the playoffs for yeah, sure. So Definitely, yeah. He's had it's a little just a bad weird luck. year for him. Yeah, he's had some bad luck of his of not his making in a few races that probably hurt. You know, you think Indianapolis Motor Speedway the road course he was taken out and daytona you know maybe that talladega yeah so well sure. i mean he never really got his chance in talladega because he was on his hood i mean yeah that's a good point you bring up with daytona um he's leading that race it's the last lap they're what they're in the last turn entering the last turn essentially and of all the people in the world his teammate takes him out and then he gets caught up in that pretty huge wreck um lots of fire mostly like yeah. that that's looking back on that wreck it was actually pretty bad so maybe that was a bad for like what do you call it, a forecast for how the season would go bad he would be in good positions yep. but he really wouldn't finish in good positions and his teammate would be detrimental to him at times which kislowski was at time he was um so I yeah i think it's interesting that you bring that up his season didn't start that well and it kind of ended in a weird spot too so all right let's talk about ryan blaney chris um i know he finishes seventh this year well he goes out at seventh in this round at least and he kind of struggled i think i think expectations for him were higher coming into this race considering how they performed in the first race at martinsville this year uh but he never really found it he kind of struggled in this window but i think he's a rising star and i think he'll have a lot of success in the coming future um Give us your take on Blaney's season or this round, however you want to say. I think they were 
tentatively optimistic going into Martinsville. Mm-hmm. But they've had a cloud basically following them around pretty much the entire season. I mean, he's had his breakthroughs. I don't think they were really super optimistic going into Martinsville that they were going to have a good finish in advance. I think it comes back to what I've kind of been saying about all the Fords this year. They just have been about a half a step off. Hmm. And Ryan was about a half a step off, and then he got kind of dinged, you know. Yeah, Dylan just... (laughs) Yeah, and so just all things considered, I think he was able to... Well, I wouldn't even say he put together a good finish, but he put together a good race, you know, in light of everything that was going on. So that car was not good. No, like, no. It, for them to end up in eleventh, I think is actually good because towards the start of that race, they were like a twentieth, twenty-first place yeah. car. They would restart, and he would drop back. And yeah, uh, I mean, Amarola was passing him. Bubba Wallace was passing him. Eric Jones was passing. Like he was in a really bad position. So. No, I I think the kid's got a bright future still. I was surprised that he did struggle in Martinsville personally after the success he had earlier in the year, but you know it happens. These young these young guys will have their problems early, uh, but I think he's a breakout star soon. Maybe next season, maybe season after that. Uh, let's talk about Brad Keselowski to round out our Penske lineup here. Uh, Amos Keselowski goes out literally just right there. He finishes third. He had his eyes on a potential win to move on. He was close in the points to move on. Uh, I think maybe some of us can say we were wrong for sure. Maybe all of us, because uh, we all had him out in the first round, essentially, except for maybe you. And then he kept going, and he actually got really close. Um, I still can't believe he got as close as he did to moving on to the championship four. Uh, but what do you th- what do you make of Kislowski's season, man? Well, if you run over as many people on the track as he did <laughs> to gain that many positions through the last nine races you'd put yourself in a very good position to move on into the championship race for sure. So um, do I think that he was lucky in some races? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that he used and relied on experience? Yes. Am I surprised that he made it this far? Not. Like, you're not going to tip me over with a feather on that one. Did I think he was going to go out way sooner? Yes. Yeah, definitely. But uh, – no, I, I think the fact that he made it to this round is actually a big success for yeah. the two cars. I mean, he had a junk car. His car was jar- garbage at the start of the race. They, And it, like Chris said earlier in the program, it's a long race, 500 laps, plenty of time to work on your car and get it back up to the front. Um, I think he kind of started the whole, um, look, boys, it's time to get racing and you're holding me up and started pushing and rooting and upsetting other teams and drivers and cars and i mean in my opinion he just more or less pushed his way to the front well running over who was ever in the way so sometimes with a short track race it's what you gotta do man yeah and and that's you know whatever i'm not saying one way or another but i think i'd have been more upset if he'd have pushed his way to the front and won and advanced than what happened to hamlin and or if hamlin ended up winning the race so yeah um but I feel like he's probably thinking it was a successful last season at Penske. I'm sure he'll be relieved to have this next race done so he can focus on his next venture with Roush Fenway Kozlowski Racing and, uh, you know. RFK. Good riddance to him, I say. Oh, wow. Very <laughs> excited to I'm see not, him out I, of the two car. Well, yeah. I'm just not a fan oh, of Kozlowski. He, he's I just not didn't, going out of NASCAR. I know, but still, I just. 
the way he raced them last few laps is just indicative of how he is, and I just didn't appreciate it. So well, he didn't take anyone out towards the end. I mean, he tried to take out Kyle Busch on the last lap. I think if he could have got it... close enough to Hamlin and or Bowman, he would have done the same thing oh, he did to Kyle no, Busch. It would have been even worse. Like every yeah, I think so. He would have he would have like took well, Hamlin all the way to the other hit? state if he could have. Did you see how hard? He hit Bush coming out of turn three. Yeah, and it caused Bush to actually oh, hit yeah. the fence and then come back in Jeez. and still hold on a second. Yeah, it was it was kind of a mess there towards yeah. the end. Um, but no, I, Brad wasn't close enough to do it to Bowman, but he probably would have. Yeah. No, so my real question for Kislowski and Chris, you can chime in on this too. Is he is he going to revive the Roush Fenway now Kislowski setup that they got is he gonna jump in that six car start winning that thing do you think there's well, a possibility there you know i was actually kind of thinking about that this morning mm-hmm. and look tony stewart caught lightning in a bottle when he went over to stewart haas you know and took part of ownership in that and and won a championship for stewart haas and you know the whole nine yards i don't think keselowski i mean i think keselowski's a great businessman you know, based on his other stuff that he's doing. Yeah. But I don't think that he's going to necessarily catch lightning in a bottle like Tony Stewart did and turn Roush Fenway into a championship team. And and really, when you think about Stuart Haas, when you look at it, I mean, yes, they have Kevin Harvick. They had Clint Boyer, who was a contender. But right now, their driver lineup is sadly lacking, in addition to which, the whole Ford camp, I mean – Every team in the Ford camp, they're missing something, and I I can't put my yeah. finger on what it is. I mean, Penske's the best performers of the bunch. Yeah, but even then, we saw their inconsistencies come to the to the top of the heap with the playoff races. Yeah, exactly. So like they just couldn't get on on the same page as as Hendrick or JGR to really get in the get in the victory circle. So Do do I think he can turn it around at Roush Fenway? Possibly because that team's been lacking some catalyst for several years, and maybe he's the catalyst that can come in and turn the you know tide around. But well, I, I mean, Newman come in with a really, I mean, he's smart guy, right? Yeah, like he's a really smart engineer type of guy. Uh, Kislowski's going to bring money to the table though, so well, yeah. You know, does that actually benefit Roush? Um, Amos, your thoughts? I, I think Chris is hitting a lot of good points, and I'll echo the Tony Stewart sentiment. The, that dude, as a driver, as a personality, obviously as a team owner, he was he just brought a certain energy and aura around him. And there's been very few guys that's been a driver, team owner, and or been a driver, then a team owner, that has had success. And there may be some that I'm missing, but the ones that come to my mind right away – is Dale Sr. and Tony Stewart. And that's some pretty tall cotton that you're putting them boys in with or putting Brad Kozlowski in with. So yeah. if that's if that's who he has to emulate in order to bring Roush Fenway back to its former glory days, I think it's a pretty well, tall – I think it's I mean, a pretty tough task for him. You don't even have to bring him to their glory days. It's just more like, can he get them on a good track? I mean, we've seen what RCR's kind of done in the last few years, right? They've kind of turned things around. They're they're actually looking like they might get multiple wins next year and potentially have a playoff contender, you know, top eight type of guy. 
if that the level, I mean, I think that Roush needs to strive for is that type of level. Is that the level that, that he could help get them back to? I think he could possibly turn Roush into the top mid-tier team of NASCAR, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he's going to put them in with the big, you know, Penske, JGR, Stuart right. Haas, well, who yeah. Stuart Haas lacked a little bit, and Hendrick. I, he's a great racer. I wouldn't be surprised if he won at least one race with Roush Fenway. I mean, Chris Buescher was doing a phenomenal job this year considering what where his talent level is. And Ryan Newman is a good driver. I, I feel bad that he doesn't have a ride, but I you know, he's let's be honest, seen his better days in NASCAR. So sure, yeah. Um and that, but that doesn't mean I mean I like Ryan Newman. It's it's I'm not digging on him at all, but you know, if Keslowski comes in, wins a couple races, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Sure, you win a race, you're in the chase. But, man, this isn't Penske, and this is not you're going to luck in or push your way or experience your way to the top eight in next year's chase, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think he'll do okay. I think they'll be one of the better mid-level teams, but I just don't think he's going to – he's not going to elevate that team to – what Roush was in the early thousands, and for sure what Tony Stewart's done with Stewart Haas. I mean, Stewart Haas had a subpar year, but they've still produced champions yep. recently in odds and ends. So, but yeah, I just don't know. Well, I mean, Kozlowski's bringing money to the table. He's bringing the experience to the table. He's bringing a championship season to the table. Obviously, he'll have some sway with sponsors because he's Brad Kozlowski and everything. Um, but yeah, he's definitely just not Tony Stewart. I mean... Who is Tony Stewart, you know? Not very many guys, so. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, to understand Tony Stewart better, you know, they were practicing the car of tomorrow. I, what do they call them? The next car? gen. Next gen. They were practicing the next gen car at Bowman Gray Stadium, and they had Clint Boyer there, and they had Dell Jr. out there, and they're running pretty consistently the same lap times. Tony Stewart gets in it cold, Goes out on his first lap, he cuts a second and a half off what those two guys have been doing oh, after talent, being out man. on the track. His talent, man. Yeah. So I mean, it's <laughs> he's, just he's skilled. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say I, I just, I've thought a lot about this whole thing with Keselowski and that, and I can't, I can't, I think it's going to improve Roush Fenway, but I'm not convinced it's going to take them up to the next level. Shall right. We say. And I'm not totally sure, like what his idea is with this whole thing uh i mean obviously i think his ultimate idea is to one day own the team maybe but it's just kind of a weird situation that he seems to be buying himself into because well you know you have like track house or 23xi that he also could have bought himself into and maybe they're a little more on the up and up maybe he should have he could have like put his money in an upstart team instead of an established team already but hey i mean he's got a plan whatever it is well the thing of it is too least we forget you know, NASCAR has signed a contract with BKE, which is Brad Keselowski Engineering, to build certain components for the car for this next gen car. Yeah. So maybe he sees it as a test bed for the components. I. It's you money, know. man. It's well, money. and you know, Jack Roush is getting older. Oh yeah. I mean, he yeah. was old twenty years ago when I started watching well, NASCAR. So, so I mean, <laughs> to he's say, not been in the best health. Sure. Last. Five years for sure. So to say, could he start up? Could he have been a startup or went to twenty three xi or Trackhouse? Yeah, but I think the potential for him to be a principal owner of a NASCAR team is better at Roush Fenway 
than it is at 23XI and or Trackhouse. Yeah. And yeah, yeah you, you say he's bringing money and sponsor and all that. Sure. But you still got to put your money where your mouth is. Put your mouth where your money is. He he still has a lot to prove, in my opinion, at Roush Fenway. All right, fair enough. Uh, we've belabored the point of Kislowski for way longer than I thought we would there. But hey, that's what we do on the show, right? Yeah. If you want you throw You talk, are just like sharks on meat, man. You throw something at us, and Amos and I can talk about it for an hour. I know, way longer than I think you could. That's fair. All right, let's talk about our last guy to miss the cut. Uh, Kyle Busch, surprisingly positive towards the start of his post-race interview and then proceeded to get very negative, as he usually does. <laughs> it kind of made me laugh, because I'm like, whoa, is he feeling okay? Like He's like, oh. You know, we tried really hard, and I'm proud of my team. And then he's like, and we suck. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, that didn't last long. <laughs> um, no, but he does miss the cut just barely. Had a chance to win the race, but the shootout at a half-mile track like Martinsville, that's not really the position you want to be in. So what do you make of it, uh, Chris? This is your guy. He had, I would say, a pretty good season, but he didn't cap off the season like I thought he could. Well, he summed it up in his post-race interview, I think, quite nicely. You know, he said, when you take Joe Gibbs Racing and myself and, you know, the team as a general, you know, when you put all those components together and not get into the championship race, we've had a disappointing year. Fair and enough. so I, I think that that was a fair comment for him to make. You know, the expectation for Kyle Busch is to be in the top four at the end of the season. You know, and, and I think, like I said, I think the team, Joe Gibbs Racing himself, they all expected to be there, and they they didn't make it, and it was a disappointing year. Well, uh, Kyle Busch, not my favorite driver, I'll, I'll say up front, but I can realize, like, I expect, respect the talent that the guy has, and he can really drive a car. And we saw at points in the season, right? Like, at points in this season, he looked like a legit contender for the championship. Um, and then he'd fall into this little rut of not doing very good, kind of having inconsistent performances. Then he'd kind of peak again, and it was just this constant up and down with this guy. Uh, his car was good, and then it wasn't, and then, you know, whatever. So I think that he got in the playoffs on a high note, and then he fell back down the cliff a little bit, and he ends up with a good finish, second place in Martinsville. But at the end of the day, it, it just wasn't even close to what he needed. So he needed... Um, Truex to be further behind, or he needed to win that race. I mean, it all well, come down to one position, essentially, for the guy. In, in my estimation, Kyle Busch had to go into that race with the only one mindset, which I'm going to win. Yeah. Anything less than that wouldn't have got him where he needed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what happened after the race and all that, it's unfortunate. I don't think I had him advancing to the Final Four, even though he is my guy. Yeah, he did. I did? No. Yeah, don't no. even. Come on. Of course you had him into the final four. Uh, well. Everyone took their guy but me. So, no, I think he can say it was a failure of a season. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a failure of a season, though. So, I think considering the inconsistencies, fifth place is probably pretty good for him. Um, plus, you know, all of these guys that got eliminated could go on and win at Phoenix. You never know. I mean, they all got realistic shots to win the race, uh, the last race of the year. All right, um, does anyone want to say anything else about our playoff drivers that got cut or advanced that we didn't talk about? Amos? I would like to say this about Kyle Busch. Mm. What I love about the guy, and, and it's not much, but <laughs> he is 
Yeah. He is true to himself. Mm. And Kyle Busch, like, you want an honest answer? Just throw the question out there. Sure. I mean, his <laughs> post-race interview, he, he, he's right. They, his team worked hard. They put themselves in that position. They had a Hail Mary chance, a win in the race. Overall, their season sucked. They get an F. They failed. And <laughs> he said that. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> but, I mean, Kyle Busch, it's not hit. The last two seasons have been rough on Kyle Busch. I think a little bit of it's the format that we've had because of COVID. And I'll be interesting to see if they go back to normal, somewhat of a normal schedule next year and if that benefits him. But, man, you know, he's true to himself. And that's – he apologizes for his post-race interviews all the times. He's always lighter in the pocket, but you know you're gonna get Kyle Busch, and he ain't gonna apologize. My favorite, and I think that's great. My favorite postseason or post race interview from him was New Hampshire. I, this is it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Look at it. He can't. Ra- it's done. We're going home. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the best thing. You know, I'm not advocating to anybody out there oh, that they go that and awesome. watch the interview in which he gets in trouble for. But what he said in that interview, it was just like us sitting around the table talking to a degree. It was just like, you know, what was he thinking? Where was he going? He isn't going anywhere. I mean, I'd just go over there and whoop his ass right now. And I'm just dying because I'm just like, (laughs) but that's how he always is. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know that. You mm. know that when they come up to like Denny Hamlin, when they come up to Denny Hamlin, you know he just wanted to be like. And he kind of did, <laughs> you know. He kind of did. Then he started balling. So. so, but I don't know. I think it was a pretty good thirty-five races up to this point, and um, I think everything kind of shook out how I thought it was going to shake out. A little bit. Good yeah. season thus far. Um, Chris, what yes. do you do? You have anything else to say? I was going to ask you one more question, but do you have anything else to say about? No, these go eight ahead. Guys? Ask the question. Well, if you're done talking about this last subject, yeah. Well, there's not. I mean, we beat Kyle Busch to death. No, so no, just just anyone else of no, the eight that we talked no. about. Okay, cool. Um, what do you predict? The last thing about the eight I want to talk about is what do you predict the reception will be like for Hamlin and Phoenix? I know, I know I'm going to be booing him. Yeah, I know, I know I'll be booing I, him hard. Yeah, I might okay. go down to the fence. I might buy a Bowman shirt and wear it just just hold the sign up. Ooh, that's great. We should make signs. The only hack I so, see is the number eleven FedEx oh, car. Look, okay, there's six of us going to the race. That's enough letters for hack and 11. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. That'll be great. All right. That's the last thing I want to talk about. uh, I don't think you'll get my wife down there doing that. That's hilarious. Uh, Should we... uh, Of course, I don't know. She might hold the number 11 up. She kind of likes it. she'll hold the one. Does she? Oh, man. You should have seen her at the end of that race Sunday. Oh, she was lit. I didn't know she had Denny Hamlin. She like says, I hate that guy. I can't stand him. Oh, Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. oh, I thought you said she liked Denny. Oh, okay. I was kidding. I'm on your I'm on your wavelength now. All right. Should we go to break, come back, and give our predictions for championship four? Because yes. it's going to be interesting. We, we all get a pick, but we can't I, I pick the same guy. I don't want to make a prediction at this point. Well, it's interesting. So we'll talk we'll talk about uh, how the points will shape up here. So we got things to pick. We got a pole position to pick. We got championship four. It'll be interesting. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll recap our picks from Martinsville and look forward to the championship four race in Phoenix. Break. Uh, 
All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on the show, talking NASCAR and electric sports talk today. Ty, Amos, and Chris with you guys. Uh, we just finished up talking about who got cut, who made it to the Final Four. Uh, we're going to wrap up Martinsville and head to Phoenix, kind of give our thoughts on the championship four as they sit. So should be an interesting last segment of the show, or last few segments of the show. Uh, but let's recap Martinsville, guys. <laughs> it was kind of some rough picks from us in Martinsville, actually. So... I picked Chase Elliott, finished 16th. He led the most laps, and he looked good, and then it didn't work out for me, so that's disappointing. Uh, Chris, you had Joey Logano, who finished 10th. I I mean, you had a good window here of races, but you know, didn't finish off too strong. And Amos, you had but Martin I Truex. you. No, we actually tied this window. Oh. And Amos, you actually lost this window. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. finished 4th. So, Amos, you get the points for this round at Martinsville. Must feel good, yeah? Yeah. So Always feels good, but it doesn't sound like it ends well. <laughs> Interesting enough, we uh, it, we have nine playoff races, right, that we've picked. All of us have gotten three each in the first nine. So it's kind of interesting how the points are shaping up. Uh, as far as our cup picks went, uh, Chris, you got three points with correct answers of all the Penske guys, and your other one was Chase Elliott, who made it. Uh, Amos, you got three points with your cut, guys. You had the two Penske drivers of Blaney and Kislowski, and then you also got Bush correct. You also had Truex, and that one didn't happen. So it was close, though. And then I got all of the four correct, all three Penske guys and Kyle Busch. So, hey, feeling good. Um, me and Chris got 10 points in the window. Amos, you got nine. So that brings our scores right now to 26 for Amos, 25 for me, and Chris here at 22. So, like, mathematically, I don't really know if you can get back in this. But, you know, maybe we can figure something out. You should out. still try. You should still try. <laughs> well, hey. <Okay. laughs> so, um, it's maybe a two-horse race here. But that's how the standings sit. So, what we're going to do is we're going to pick race winner, pole finisher, um, and then, I don't know, for their second pick, you guys think of something else. Are they qualifying at Phoenix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why we're going to pick a poll okay. for this week. Um, any other picks you want to go with? Amos, do you think of a good pick? Well, something go interesting? Ahead. Go ahead, because I have a thought, but go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. Amos is thinking over there. Yeah, I don't have it. Oh, okay. Um, so I think we should pick the poll, like you said. Yep. Race winner. Yep. And championship winner. So they could be different, is what you're saying. Yes. All right, fair enough. We'll do it that way. That sounds pretty good because someone else could win the race so what are you saying you're going to pick someone else to win the race that's not in the final four i think it's highly possible that someone outside of the final four could win the race and then it's going to be a race to see who finishes in front of the other three guys amos you on board with that at all no i'm not above anything after what's happened the last (laughs) four or five weeks in this chase okay (laughs) that's fair enough actually all right um let's talk about this uh race then how do we see it playing out on track? Is it going to be aggressive? Is it going to be only four aggressive drivers? Um, Amos, as far as the racing will be concerned for Sunday in Phoenix, what do you think the type of racing is? We'll see. I think it's going to be no holds bar on the final four and everybody else. Um, everybody. Yeah, it's going to be I insane. Just, I just don't think that, I mean, unless it's a teammate like I, Hendrick, they may race Larson and Elliott differently, say Byron and, and Bowman, but I don't know, man. The way these non-playoff drivers have been racing the playoff drivers, 
and you can say no respect or whatever you want. No respect. Everybody's out there to win the race, do well for their team, their sponsor, their team owner. So I, I'm going to be really interested to see. Years past, it's been mostly your top four guys running in the top five or six, top four or five. But, man, it you know, there could be some struggles. I, I don't know. It's It's a very diverse top four, I think. And I think there's a lot of hungry guys. It is very diverse. Outside the top four. And I think this year has proven that non-playoff drivers have every much right to win as the playoff drivers do. Right. Two non-playoff. Well, okay. So technically, like Bowman was in the playoffs, but he wasn't in the round when he won. And then um, Bubba Wallace. Why did I almost forget that? How could you forget that? Oh, my Mm. gosh. Bubba Wallace won the rain shortened race in Talladega. Um, and then we had Kurt Busch win one last year when he wasn't in it. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it happens. Non-playoff guys win. Chris, do you want to follow Amos there at all in saying that a non-playoff guy or non-Final Four guy can win this race or is likely to win this race? Well, I don't know. Likely, I don't know if I want to go that far. But I think a non-playoff driver could win the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the way I'm looking at it, this is the last race for this generation of cars. Nobody's going to save their equipment for next year. That's true. And so, I'm plus, not s- whoever wins this race, their car is going to a museum. Possibly. I didn't no, I, I mean, I, maybe I just I didn't the know last, that, but the, okay. No, no, I'm not saying like for sure. I'm just saying like, oh, this was the last car to win a race in this type of car. It's possible. <laughs> but yeah, but so uh, I think the possibility of a non-chase driver winning the race is probably pretty high. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's going to be stupidly, stupidly competitive. Stupidly competitive. That's yeah. a very interesting phrase there. I mean, I think they're going to be... You ever heard that phrase, Amos? Stupidly I, competitive. Well, let's look at the way they've been doing restarts and stuff. I mean... Oh, you mean that way. There's pretty... They, a lot of them guys are zoned out in the way they restart, man. It's like... But I understand Dude, why. Hamlin missing the gear at Martinsville was so weird. Oh, yeah. He missed it, and then wasn't it Blaney that just went... <laughs> Right yeah. into him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So but, you never so know what you're going to I get. have a question because I haven't seen anything on it. Do you, you guys have any idea what package they're bringing to Phoenix? I'm sure that Amos I'll can look. tell you that. Yeah. Amos is, will look at the is specs. Is a high horse, low downforce? Because, boy, it, that'll be the that'll be a good race if it's that way. The the 750? Is that what? Yeah. I don't know. Amos will answer that question. So we'll come back to it. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Yeah. 750. Ooh, hot dang. Hot dang. You're hot excited dang. for that one then, huh? Hot dang. All right, yeah. so let's talk about the individual. No arrow ducks. No arrow ducks? Well, okay. Give me a good race then for Chris. All right, so as far as the individual Final Four guys go, let's all kind of go around and give our take on the chances, the prospects, however you want to phrase it, of them lifting the championship trophy at the end of the day. We'll start with, I would say... Okay, this will be my order, so we'll just go in my order, of least favorite to win it to to favorite to win it. So I'll say least favorite to win it will be Chase Elliott. So let's start with Chase Elliott. Amos, um, what do you feel with Chase Elliott, his chances? Obviously, he's got the pedigree from last year, uh, but what do you think? I think I don't see him. No, not least. I don't think he'll win, but I don't think he's the least favorite. All right, well, give us your thoughts on him then. Well, I just, the reason that I'm not picking him, like I wouldn't place him 
to win is the team has been consistently inconsistent throughout large portions <laughs> of the race. That's a good, and good way to describe. So they like there's there's portions of the race where they just dominate. They're leading laps. They the pit crew's getting them out in front. They're doing well. And then there's parts of the race where they just look like complete garbage, and they <laughs> don't even know what they're doing. Garbage. They're speed on pit road. The loose lug nuts. Whatever you want to call it. So, but having said all that, I don't see him finishing fourth. I see him yeah. having a little bit better luck because of, I mean, they've all been in the chase, so they all know what's asked of them, but this will be a year where they, their second year, so I think that that's going to be a big experience for the team individually, and I think they'll, they know what they got to work on. We'll see if they can bring that to the track. All right, Chris, as far as Chase's chances on a track like this go, do you like the track matchup for Chase? Uh, yes. I I don't put him as number four like you do. That's fine. I mean, it doesn't matter what order and I, I gotta kind of yeah. I gotta kind of separate my heart from my mind, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But my final four is gonna be uh probably Trix, Hamlin, Elliot, and Larson. All right. And, so and we don't I, even got to ask Chris any more questions for this. Well, <laughs> but I'm giving the Hendrick cars a heads up or a, a step up over the, mm-hmm. the JGR cars because I actually think the Hendrick cars through the year have proven to be a lot stouter racing equipment than the JGR cars. All right. So um, I'll put him in least favorite just because I think Trix's pedigree at this track will edge him. At times, Elliot's been pretty consistent, so you'd have to give him the consistency over Elliot. And then Larson's won the most races, and he's pretty much been second fiddle to Larson most of this year at Hendrick. I mean, that feels kind of rude to say. Uh, I like Chase Elliott just as much as the next guy at the table, but yeah, I just I just don't feel like with who he's competing against and the season, the big picture season that he's had. Um, not that he won't be competitive, I just don't think he'll be at the top of the heap. But also, he is the defending champion, and you never know, because last year he surprised all of us, I think. Um, I, I mean, even the biggest Chase Elliott fan probably wouldn't have said that they expected him to win that championship last year. So you never know. I mean, that's why we have this format, and it kind of makes it exciting. Uh, let's talk about Denny Hamlin. So I'll start with Denny Hamlin. I think he's at the bottom. I think he's third in my mind right now because – I think some of what happened last week will carry over in his mind, whether he'll tell you that or not. Um, every time he's around Bowman, the coverage, oh my gosh, look, they're right next to each other. Uh, they're going to go crazy over the non-drama that's probably there. Luckily, we'll be in the stands and not have to <laughs> watch the coverage. But no, I, I just think that he'll he'll show us new ways to choke. He'll be Denny Hamlin that he always is. If he wins, I'll eat crow, but I don't, I don't give him a chance to win this because... He's Denny Hamlin. So, I mean, that's really the only thing I have to say against him is <laughs> he just doesn't win at the end of the day. Um, it's the biggest knock against him when it comes to these situations. So you can win all the Daytona 500s you want. It doesn't, doesn't really matter when it comes to a situation like this. So, uh, Amos, Denny Hamlin for you. So Denny Hamlin, I don't, I don't place him third. I would probably put Elliott there, and we can go over all that. I, But I feel like... I think you hit a lot of good points, and the most important being what happened 
Sunday at Martinsville, I feel like is going to carry on into Sunday. He just seems to me that he's that kind of guy. He's just like, you know, puffs his chest out. Don't you know who I am? I'm Denny Hamlin type deal. And nobody and, cares. And that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bowman, Elliott, Harvick, Bush, his own teammates. You know, nobody probably cares. But he does. Yeah. And I think he's going to carry that persona into the Phoenix race. I think he'll tell you, oh, you know, that's in the past. We made amends, blah, blah, blah. But I just – it. So did Harvick, and he spun out Elliott every chance he got. So and he freaking he lost it at the Roval. Yeah, right. Like it, it oh, got, we talked like about Chris that. Said, he, he absolutely got lost it, it at the Roval. It got into Harvick's head so much that it affected how he raced. And to a degree, I think that's how Har- Hamlin will be this weekend. But I feel like he has enough of a championship team around him that will propel him to be to have a little bit more say in the race than then I think you're giving him credit for and or say, like, yeah. you know, um, Elliot and Truex Jr. So here's the problem uh, that I think he'll have when it comes to stuff carrying over from last week. It's not going to be necessarily maybe, you know, Bowman or seeing Bowman or racing with Bowman. It's going to be when he walks through the doors or whatever they do for driver announcements, the crowd reception is going to be very bad, and it's it's not going to probably put a good taste in his mouth to start the day. So... That's where I'm at mostly with things carrying over. Uh, Chris, what do you want to add to Denny Hamlin? Because I think you're in the same boat as me. He's Denny Hamlin. He's going to choke. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've been saying that all year. Yeah. I, I literally have been saying all year, Denny Hamlin will show us a new way to lose the championship. And well, I'm, that's what you said last year, too, and he did. So I know, and I'm confident <laughs> that I'm going to re- be a repeat winner in that. Hey, we'll, we'll say we were wrong if we're wrong, but I really don't. He may it. have lost the race. Because of Martinsville. This that's race, that, because yeah. of Martinsville. I mean, I feel like that's what you're more going off of than what we're saying with he's going to choke. So, Well, yeah, he, we'll yeah he'll choke because he's so damn worried about how it happened on Sunday <laughs> that he's going to forget he's racing for a championship because I'm a Danny damn Hamlin. You, well, you it feels like as soon as he did his whole little stunt you know, at the checkered flag stand, he lost it for me. Like, There's just no way he's going to rebound from that, but... That's just my opinion. Um, when you make a fool of yourself, that's usually doesn't get that doesn't usually put you in a good headspace moving into the next race. Um, anything else to add? With nope. Joy? Okay, I about said Joy Logano. I mean, anyways, <laughs> let's talk about Martin Truex Jr. Um, I feel like he'll have a good chance here because he won the race earlier in the year, and that gives them good data potentially. But Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, let's let's hear your shot here for Martin Truex Jr. in Phoenix and a championship possibility. Well, if Martin Truex can remain calm mm-hmm. and just race the race like he did at Martinsville, he's very strong contender to win the championship. I, I'm a little skeptical that the JGR cars have got everything figured out like the Hendrick cars apparently have. Apparently. And, well, apparently, yeah. I, I mean, mean, their results. I will say, just to kind of butt in real quick, the results in the last few races for Hendrick have kind of got back to their midseason form of lots of guys up front and being very competitive. So Exactly. Whatever they found, whether it's the little hood scoop thing or whatever, you know, it's back. Um, they're, they're racing really well. So Right. And so, I, you know, I want to be optimistic for Martin, but having said that, I think the car is going to be the stumbling block. I don't think it's going to be the driver's attitude. 
So you're more going for like car right now compared to talent in this race. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the bottom line is they're racing cars. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, and and they gotta have they gotta have the racing ca- cars. They gotta yeah. have the car under them. I mean, you yeah. can have a fabulous amount of talent, but you can't make a tenth place car a first place car. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you, you make know. it a fourth place car. You know, well, Kevin possibly. Harvick's been doing it all year. So yeah, well, except this last race, and he finished twelfth. So if the car does hit, though, is he the favorite? No, no, he's not the favorite. Okay, he's still not the favorite. All right, my thoughts on Truex is I'm, I've been riding the bandwagon since the playoffs started, right? Um, I'll stick with it. I've said if he makes it to this point, in my mind, he's the most dangerous driver entering the track. Obviously, Larson will be the favorite regardless of who made it to the Final Four with the season he's had. But if Martin Truex is there, it's Martin Truex Jr. It's his tough team. He's got the sponsorship behind him. He's got the fan base, I think, to a certain extent that'll show up for him. And I think that he's got the pedigree to potentially do it. He's the only one that's not Chase Elliott, which I'm not really putting good chances here, that's won a championship. Um, So really, for me, the top three favorites, I might be disrespecting Elliott a little much, but there's three guys that I feel like will be racing for it, and he's got the championship experience and has won one. So I feel like that'll give him a big edge too at the end of the day. Um, Amos, your thoughts on Truex? I didn't pick Truex to move on to the championship race. It doesn't surprise me he's here. But the reason that he doesn't win the championship for me is the same reasons that I didn't think he would move on. He is racing okay. He's just doing enough to get by. But that doesn't win you a championship. That puts you into the next round. That keeps you in the top five, six, seven races. I just feel like for whatever reason, they started out the season strong. They racked up them wins, and then it's kind of been cruise control mode, and they just haven't been able to get that momentum back towards the end of the year. He has the team. He has the car. He has the driver to be a championship driver. There's no doubt about that. I just don't know that he has, in my opinion, the edge that he needs to get over that last hurdle. Yeah, and I mean, I think what you're saying is justified as well. Um, but I do think he's taken the cruise control off the last couple of weeks. And I've been in his camp pretty hard, so... Well, yeah, you can't a, bounce on him no, now. No. I'm not saying you should. I, it might I, be a Logano situation like you had, where I just got to <laughs> ride it till it dies. Hey, man, you might uh, be on the Titanic, so... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised he's here. He is a, he is a totally capable driver of winning the championship winning multiple races, yep. putting together a great season. He's done it before. He can do it. He can do it in the future. I just don't know that he has that. If he had the same edge that he now that he did at the first of the season, yeah, I'm on board. Yep. But I just don't see him. And it's not necessarily him. And, and it kind of goes back to what Chris has been kind of saying throughout this, this, ep- this uh, episode is it's just there's just a little, there's just – a half a step off JGR compared to Hedrick. And for whatever that reason that is, that's the difference in my mind. So here's my, my last thing with Martin Truex Jr. And maybe you guys disagree. I don't know. But if if you had one race you needed to win and you could take any four of these drivers, would you not pick Martin Truex Jr.? At Phoenix? No, just like any like any type of race. You know, if, if someone come to you and said, all right, uh, you got to pick a driver to win a race, pressure situation. 
if not something bad's going to happen to you or, or something. I mean, of these four guys, I would want Martin Truex Jr. behind the wheel, personally. Not me. No. You want Chase Elliott? No. 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 Kyle Larson. The okay. dude has been an assassin this year. Sure, but and, I'm not... And, so and it's been in all levels of NASCAR. I think the crap, kids... it's been in all levels of racing. Or racing, yeah. And, that, and sure, uh, as a, a body of work for your career, yeah. Truex Jr. has put together a fabulous career. Mm-hmm. Started out with DEI. Went to... Uh, stayed with him through their merger to Ganassi and Felix Sabatis and all that. And then jumped ship to um, Furniture Row Racing, right? No, Michael Well, he's with Walter Michael for a little Walter. bit. Wow, yeah. was the dark spot in the career. Um, <laughs> and then went to went to yeah. Furniture Row Racing in the 78. That's where he won his championship. Yep, yep. I feel like this is just me. If Martin Truex Jr. was having as much fun with JGR as he did that year with the 78 team. Sure. Yeah. Man, you got the death rays pointed at the at Earth and who are you looking to take the final shot? Yeah, possibly Trex Jr. Get that. <laughs> yeah. But Give me no, no but I can't right say that. now <laughs> I just I look at, at JGR's camp. Mm. I just don't know that they're having fun. Man, all right. it's all business. And it's no there's no team this, there's no team that, or you know, there's no Kyle Bush great job for Martin Trex Jr. blah blah blah. I just think that right now JGRs they got a great driver lineup. They've got great sponsors. They have the experience, the team, the data. They're just not having fun, man. It's just business. Yeah. Hendrick, they're just a bunch of young dumb kids that are racing over their head, a, a, a garage full of hacks, hacks. and other <laughs> things that we can't say on air. I'm a hack. And <laughs> most wins in you the know, garage. I, but okay. I just feel like, yeah, Larson had a tough race in Martinsville. But he knew he was going to. Yep. You know, he they, he said that. The tracks he should do well on and he should win on, this year especially, he did. And mm-hmm. he does. So for just this year, I'm taking Kyle Larson. If you want to expound on the whole career, maybe Truex, but, you know. Well, not. no, like a whole career is what I would take, and that's why I want Truex. I mean, if he can take Furniture Row. I mean, who, right? Like, yeah. nobody knew what Furniture was about. He bought into that situation. <laughs> if no one else, I don't know, maybe a few others, but I'm not sure a lot of guys that season could have jumped in that 78 car and did what he did. I mean, it was just unprecedented. It was pretty awesome. So I'll go with him. In the pressure situation, he got to win a race. Of the four, yes, I know Kyle Larson's there, but I'll, I'll ride with him, man. I'll ride with him. So for now. All right, so let's talk about Larson. Is there any reason in anyone's mind that he's not the favorite? Amos? No. Chris? No. Okay, so here's the thought experiment. I say no, too. Um, give me a reason why he won't win the race, Amos, or win the championship, at least. Somebody else's misfortune. Somebody else's misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, if he gets caught up, let's say, let's say, oh, so he gets off, wrecked. Yeah, let's just say that they're off a little bit in qualifying and he doesn't start towards the front of the pack then and he gets back there mixing it up with some of these mid-tier teams that to me is why he doesn't win the race win the championship go out okay uh chris as a winner give me a reason why kyle larson won't win the championship I think I'd have to echo what Amos is saying about mis- someone else's misfortune. But keep in mind, 
all Larson has to do is beat the other three guys. Yeah, no, I don't, he doesn't he have does, to win the race. Doesn't have good. to win the race. You know, none of that. He's just got to beat the other three guys. And you know, I I think coming back to what we talked about about Hamlin's head not being into it, the JGR cars not being up to snuff, and Chase Elliott's pit crew could zone out and take him out of competition, kind of like they did at Martinsville. I mean, I think I think Larson's going to go into this race racing big picture in mm-hmm. the sense that I don't have to win the race. I just got to beat these other three guys. Yeah, okay. And And to me, as the year has progressed, he has proven to me that he's a big picture racer. He's not just, a, I'm going to get kind of like, you know, Kyle Busch. I mean, he's he's going to get out there and pound it as hard as he can every lap. And a lot of the time he uses his car up and he doesn't have it at the last laps. But I don't think Carl, Kyle Larson is that kind of a racer. I think this year, to me, he has shown that he is a very calculated and big picture type racer in the sense that all he's got to do is stay ahead of the other three guys. Yeah, I mean, I really can't find a lot of reasons why he wouldn't win. <laughs> you know, of course, he was going to struggle at Martinsville. He did. Uh, but even then, he still had a fine race, I think. You know, he did what he needed to do. Um, this track, sure, it's it's a little different configuration, but at the end of the day, it's it's a mile oval-style track, and and it's a place, it's a type of track that he's had a lot of success in. On. Well, so... He accomplished something in Martinsville that he had to do, which is not have a disaster. Oh, he could have had a disaster. It wouldn't have mattered. But well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He he needed, for his own, you know, peace of mind, his own statement, the crew statement, you know, let's go out there, let's finish this race, let's finish it strong, which you could argue that his placement was not strong. Mm-hmm. But he did lead laps. Yeah. And he had a good race car you know, for a period of time in the race. So, Well, let's keep in mind, too, he's, he's racing to tie a record, right? Yeah. If he wins this race, he ties Tony Stewart's record with five chase wins, which <laughs> five chase wins, that's like, that's very hard in my opinion. Yeah. So if he could tie that record, that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I mean, I just don't have, Larson for me is the favorite because of the body of work this year. Um, like I said, I'm riding with Truex as much as possible, but if he, if he comes right down to it, Larson's the better car. He's the most talented driver right now. He's got all the momentum carrying into this race. Um, I think everybody's cheering for him in a big sense. Like if you're not a Chase Elliott fan, you're probably cheering. Or if, if you are a Chase Elliott fan, you're cheering for, um, Larson. If you like almost anybody that's not in the chase, you're probably not going to cheer for Denny Hamlin you're maybe going to favor Truex depending on what side of the fence you line up on as far as like what team you like. Uh, but I think a lot of people will be cheering for Larson to win. And I think it will be very funny if he wins for a lot of other reasons that, you know, I think everyone can guess, but we don't talk about. So, uh, let's, let's talk about how our picks, should we, or does anyone else have anything to say about our championship four? No, I think we covered it pretty good. I mean, I think, I think it's a, a good group. That's for sure. Um, does anyone think that this four would have been the four at the start of the year? You know, if I told you this was the four, would you have been surprised? I, I definitely would have not expected Kyle Larson at the start of the year. As the seasons went on, it's it's definitely a no-brainer. But when you, if you told me the other three guys, I, I would believe you for sure. Chris? 
Oh, Amos, you wanted to go? Yeah, you go. Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, my picks uh, the first year, I don't know, did we pick? I can tell you, actually. Yeah, Should we do that? Year. Let's do that. Let's, let's go to our picks. Um, so keep in mind, though, we did change our picks halfway through the year. We were only allowed to, ch- to change up to two, um, but we, we did change them around a little bit. So, Amos, your final four midway through the year after your changes were Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, and Joey Logano. So most of your guys were close. I mean, you only got one of the four, right? But. Close is good in horseshoes and hand grenades, I guess. Um, Chris, you had Kurt Busch. That didn't happen. Kislowski, Harvick, and Blaney. So you actually got nobody. Which means... Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I rolled with Bush for the memes. I had Elliot, uh, the other Bush brother, and Kevin Harvick. So really, we all did pretty bad um, in our we actual picks. We all picked picks Kevin Harvick to make it to the final four we all picked Kevin midway Harvick. through the season? Yeah, no, I think we were still riding with him, man. Um, I mean, he was going to have to win at some point. So, yeah. I guess we didn't know Never what did. We no, but in the grant, like, even picks aside... I don't think this Final Four is super surprising no. if you would have told yeah. me at the start of the year, except for Larson. Uh, Chris, anything from you on that? Well, I definitely did not have Larson picked to be in the Final Four. Oh, yeah, no, no. And even at midseason, I wasn't on the bandwagon. Oh, I was. I don't know why he's not in my Final Four. Going into the chase, I'd had a change of heart by then. Yeah. And. You know, I was really rooting for him to win at Martinsville when he was leading because I thought, man, if he could do this and Phoenix, six races in the the chase. Break the record, man. That'd be some pretty impressive racing right there, so. All right, uh, let's let's make our picks then. Chris, you get a pick first in each category, then me, then Amos. Oh, boy. So we're going to go with poll winner. Who wins the poll, or is closest to at least? Uh, somebody out of the chase. I'm going to go with... Uh, Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Yep. All right. Uh, reasons? I just think he's a good qualifier, and he's got a statement to make. Yeah, he definitely has qualified good, that's yeah. for sure. All right, I'm also going to follow a similar sentiment with you taking someone outside the chase. I'm going to go with William Byron. Uh, had a decent race at Phoenix. Has shown us some, some good stuff, uh, even though he hasn't been in the chase. But he always has a fast car in qualifying, which isn't surprising because it's Hendrick and they have good cars all the time. So, yeah, I'll go with someone outside the chase. I'll take William Byron. Amos, qualifying uh, pole sitter for you. Uh, this is always my worst. I don't I don't <laughs> ever do well with qualifying. This is a shot in qualifying. the dark sure. um, So I am going to stay with the trend, go with someone outside of the final four. I'm kind of sunk with this guy to the bottom of the Atlantic floor in the Titanic. So, you know, <laughs> let's just stay in there. I'm going to go with uh, Joey Logano. All right. Reasons. Well, I think it's going to benefit Penske's group to have some practice. He's not a – he does well at all types of tracks. He's done well in Phoenix. Um, but, yeah, I just think didn't perform for me like he should have the last three or four races, but – or not should have, like I hoped. But I just think he has some good qualifying and, and wants to go out of this year on a high note. All right. Uh, let's. I also, you know, to the Penske point, I also thought maybe Ryan Blaney. So 
Never know. Yeah, I thought about it too, but man, that just his last two races, I just so. fair enough. All right, Phoenix winner. Now, if you choose someone in the final four to be the race winner, you're locked in for the champion pick too, obviously. So, Chris, we get to start with you. Who wins the Phoenix race? And are you going to take anyone but Kyle Larson? Yes. You are going to pick someone different? To finish the Phoenix race in first? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick Kyle Busch. Bah. Well. He's getting the best of, he's getting the best of both worlds here. He's thinking his driver wins, and he gets to watch the championship race, even though it's not his driver that's going to win the championship. <laughs> All right, that's hilarious. Uh, staying true there, Chris. Kyle Busch, um, why? I mean, that's kind of a different pick, I think. He he races really well at Phoenix. He's won Phoenix in the past, mm-hmm. and I think he's got an in the face, in your face statement to make to NASCAR. Yeah, okay, be interesting. Um, well, left the door wide open for me. Then I, it's going to go with Kyle Larson. So I know I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Truex as much as possible, but second place is still good there, guy. I'll tell you that second place is good. Um, so he'll he'll lock I'll lock him into my championship pick. Uh, so he's off the board now. So you know, Chris. Who's that? Kyle Larson. He's not even listening. Uh, yeah, but you're kind of out of the. Well, point, now wait so. a minute. This huh? is this is for the race winner. I know. So I can pick him for the championship. No, I already picked him. No, you can't. You can't do it that way. We were going to pick pole I picked, setter, I've picked the race, race winner, yeah. and champion. So I've picked the race winner. So that locks him in to be my uh, champion. Okay. You didn't. It's like you didn't listen to that, did he? No, I, I, he I knew listened. he had the first pick. I yeah. listened. So he to was going to pick Larson to be the series champion. Yeah, so he's trying to get best pick. of both worlds here. <laughs> yes, I All was. Right, Amos, who are you going to go with to um, win the race? You know, so I'm going to just kind of keep on the Titanic. <laughs> Set up. What? Yeah. You're not going to pick him, are you? I don't know why. I just have a feeling about this weekend. That's what you said last week. No, no, no. (laughs) That's not what I said last week. Um, Are you picking Joey? No, I'm picking Kevin Harvick. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Pains me to say it, but no, it doesn't. But yeah, no, I'm I'm going to go with Harvick. I think it's a little bit of the same... Oh, my gosh. The okay. same as my pick for Joey Logano to be the pole sitter. There's going to be practice, qualifying. <laughs> it's the last chance to get a race win. He's kind of coming out with some news towards next year as far as, like, picking up a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're not similar, but they are kind of flat-style tracks. And they did – Stuart Huss did well at New Hampshire – so all right, so both of you guys are picking someone to win the race that that isn't in the final four, correct? Uh, and we we could go back and look. Has that ever happened? Yes, but I don't in think this so. chase in this chase format, not yes. Who? That's I'm trying a, to think back. It's been several no, years. No, see, he doesn't know. He's just saying. No, no, it. no, no, no. I'll all right, we'll I'll. fact check it after. But okay. I, I would think no so all right chris you get to pick your champion you can't pick kyle larson the other three are on the table who do you want to go with oh crap i'll go with martin truex you'll go with martin truex okay so that leaves it to you amos you got your favorite or one of your least favorite drivers well, so is it hard I mean, to it's pick? obviously a no-brainer i'm gonna pick chase elliott then you're gonna pick chase yeah, elliott then i mean i don't think he's gonna be the champion but I'm sure in hell not picking Denny Hamlin. Well, you have the one point lead, so I got to score at Got least a little two. cushion. 
I don't know how we'll make the tiebreaker. Well, you were the regular season champion, so I guess that'll be our tiebreaker. Nice. All right. Yeah, I just decided that. Um, so I got to score at least two more than you to win. Chris, you're you're out of it mathematically, but you still get second. No, actually, not really. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're in last, Chris. Sorry. All right, guys. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I only have one more thing to talk about, but it doesn't pertain to the championship four race in Phoenix. So, Chris, final thoughts for Phoenix and the championship race? I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting because we're going to be there to yeah. watch the final race. Um, I've been looking at the weather forecast for the last two days, and it appears to me like it's going to be very favorable weather. It's going to be nice weather. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm getting more excited as we get closer. All right, uh, your final thoughts on this whole thing? So I'd have to say I, I was – probably pretty hard on nascar at the beginning of the year bagged on them about some things i think they've done a pretty good job giving us uh, some pretty entertaining races up to this point it's not at all how i pictured the season going not not that you know i had grand plans or anything but <laughs> you know if you told me kevin harvick was winless and it took denny hamlin into the 27th race to win and Kyle Larson's on the cusp of 10 wins in the championship. I All that would have just surprised me. So uh, it's been a good year. I'm super excited to go to Phoenix. Yeah. Loving the thoughts of the warm weather. <laughs> it's going to be a race. I haven't been to Phoenix before, so I mean, yeah, I've, me neither. it's going to be a kind of a different experience as far as a new venue. So, yeah, I, I, I'm super excited. It should be some good racing, and I'm really happy to – be able to witness it live. Chris, have you been to this racetrack? Yes, many years ago. Oh, like 90s? Yeah, well, yeah, probably. They used to have what they called Silver Crown Racing, which was the uh, sprint cars, and they had uh, midgets, 360s, and 410s, Yeah, and they're wingless. And I actually went there when Tony Stewart was still driving the Silver Crown cars, mm. and that's where I really got on to Tony seeing, Stewart, huh? Seeing how, oh, he went in there and just, so that's your origin story of being a Tony Stewart fan. Well, he just went in there and absolutely crushed him. Oh, okay, cool. in in all three races. So yeah. So it's not new for you. No. Oh. Well, yeah, it actually is because they've reconfigured the track. I think twice since I was there. Oh well, it so, is new halfway. So, yeah, kind of new for NASCAR. New for yeah. NASCAR. Cool. All right, um, race. Just a reminder, guys. Three Eastern on NBC. Wow, it's actually be on the main channel. So be sure you tune of course in. It don't really matter because we're going to be there. Yeah, but for the listeners, you know, if you're not going to be oh, there, I know. but if you're going to be there, it'll be fun too. So uh, the other thing I want to end on is NASCAR announced some of the. Major races, it'll be on network. Uh, big things to take away from this. I lost the article. Dang it. Closed it out on accident. Uh, but the big things to take away is there's actually an increase in the number of races televised on NBC and or Fox, which is cool. Be the most te televised races on the two big network channels since 2009. Uh, so the most in the modern chase era, right? That's pretty cool. And uh, it looks like there's a possibility still that USA Network could take on the NBC Sports Network races. Right, Amos? Yeah, that's kind of what I was seeing. Uh, it sounds like they're doing away with the NBC Sports Network channel. Right. The USA channel and Peacock will pick up 
some of whatever sports in general, all sports that would have been right. on NBC SN, and that does fall into the NASCAR. So, yeah, what races? So the races that are not on the national broadcasting channel's main channel yeah. will probably be on USA, but I don't know for sure. But right. that's what I'm thinking. That's right still kind of up in the air, and we've talked about that a little bit throughout the season. There was a story at the start of the season, so we'll have to see how it progresses. But I think the big story in the whole, you know, stuff to come out about the networks is that NASCAR might have be gaining some popularity and viewership and stuff. Um, obviously, I think more eyes have been drawn to this season because it's been a great season. So I think that's a positive sign for NASCAR moving forward that more races are getting onto the big cable or network channels i think they owe so. it all to the let's go brandon movement yeah potentially huh <laughs> no i think a lot of it has to do with this this year has actually been refreshing you know yeah. kyle larson's come in and had a strong year um there's been a lot of different race winners the race for the chase was fun the playoffs have been a little more you know predictable with larson kind of dominating it but it's been a really good year for NASCAR overall, so yeah, I and I think that shows in the network announcements. I want to I want to mention one thing that kind of knocked me over when I saw it. Yeah, jeez, and, and that is that Gear Wrench is moving to mm. Stuart Haas Racing. That kind of blew my mind because I right. thought for sure they were tied in pretty tight with Kurt Busch. So well, maybe it wasn't much Kurt Busch; it was more Chip Ganassi, and yeah, it's going to be. What, like a four or five race sponsor for Stuart Haas, and it's an associate or no, it's an associate sponsor for Stuart Haas on all their cars, and then a four or five race main sponsor for Kevin Harvick. So, yeah, sloshing around the money there, yeah. plus naming rights to the garage. Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? It's now Stuart Haas Gear Wrench Garage or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah. pretty sick. That's pretty cool. Pretty good. All right, um, anything else from you guys? No, I'm good. Can't wait what for the time. What time is the race Sunday. on on Saturday, Sunday? Three Eastern. So we'll be there like noon, right? Or are they on our time zone? I don't remember. All right. They're an hour behind us. All right, that's correct. So Well, we'll wait a minute. Uh, time changes. Oh, that's time right. Does change. Times change. So oh, yeah. Don't forget time, time changes, zone. guys. <laughs> yeah. We go off at daylight savings time. So now it'll be dark in the morning and dark at night. Uh, great. Can't wait. All right. Uh that's all we got, guys. Should be a fun race. You got our picks. Chris is rolling Martin Trucks Jr. Uh <laughs> kind of. A technicality. I got Kyle Larson, and Amos has Chase Elliott by technicality, too. So we're going to get out of here. Enjoy the race. Should be fun. I think you rigged that. Can't wait that. to be there. No, I told you before I we started. I think you rigged that. If you pick the race winner that's in the top four, he is your champion locked in. You just totally passed on Kyle Larson. So yeah. he just had to go with his guy for the last pick of the year. Yeah. Uh, we will be back with the show next week to recap the race, go over some of our final predictions. And then if I can talk these two into it, we'll do a monthly show leading up to the uh, the Daytona 500. We'll have a show two weeks before, and then you know we'll go through it all you like we have. Prob- so. You can probably talk me. At least Chris, I'll for sure have Chris on board with that. So uh, we'll get out of here. I got big plans for next year. All right, uh, have a good rest of your day, guys. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.